0: welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. Yes, I know, like buses, aren't they? <sighs> um, I'm not joined by Matt today, I'm afraid. Boo! I'm joined by Conrad? It's only Conrad Gonzalez. Hello! Hello.
1: Hello, Michael, dear. Hello. Oh, no, I've used Michael. <sighs>
0: That's okay. Hello, Conrad,
1: sweetie. <laughs> How the devil are you, sir?
0: I'm um, very well. Busy, but very well.
1: Busy with real life and terrain
0: shed stuff. Real life and terrain shed, yeah. As people heard on the last episode, I'm working on getting a terrain (laughs) shed Kickstarter, which is quite exciting and quite daunting at the same time.
1: But you're like a high-flying executive businessman type person with lots of experience, so...
0: Well, I hope so. I hope so. I'm not, I'm not over. I'm, I'm certainly not overpromising. So,
1: <laughs> that's um, like you. The only,
0: the only, th- the, only th- the only thing that worries me about it, to be honest, is if it was incredibly successful.
1: <laughs> oh, that means that you might have to get a man in, though. Then, well, I'd,
0: I would certainly have to get another laser. <laughs> oh, what a shame!
1: But you can't do that. Why? Because if the beams cross.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But I am being I'm being very good at the moment because I've asked Santa for a present. Because it's almost Christmas and I've asked Santa to bring me a present. Uh I've a... <laughs> It's not another laser. I
1: <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying not to ask, but I have to, don't I? <laughs> we
0: well, have to, really. I sort of set it up so you had to ask.
1: Cuz I haven't received a letter yet.
0: Oh. well you're not Santa.
1: I have been Santa once.
0: I was once as well. You see, I'm much more the right size to be Santa than you are.
1: I was Santa when I was about 18 or
0: 19.
1: (laughs) Were you really? In an old old people's home, yeah. (laughs) Possibly a bit older, probably about 20, let's say. But yes, I was Santa. Complete with beard and everything. I don't think I fooled anyone, though. (laughs)
0: <laughs> ah, well, I have asked for a 3D printer for Christmas.
1: Oh, I'm slightly excited. <laughs> there is movement in the trouser region.
0: <laughs> um, I've been putting off buying one for ages. and
1: it, It's such a technology that's still moving, isn't it? Yeah, really?
0: yeah. and um, Mrs. Marshall never knows what to get me for Christmas. Because normally, whenever I want something, I just go and buy it because I have no impulse control whatsoever. But um I've been But at very... least
1: you have the conversation beforehand. Though.
0: That's true. But I am being very very good. And um I have not gone out and bought one and I'm I've asked Santa if Santa will bring me a 3D printer. And I'm hopeful that he will.
1: Will it require outbuildings?
0: No, probably not. <laughs> Probably, I can probably fit it next to the laser. But anyway, we're not talk- here to talk about Terrain Shed Kickstarters. Though, as an aside, here's a question for you and our listeners. Okay, Have you been watching Westworld?
1: I have watched one episode of Westworld.
0: Okay. Right. Well, there's only been two, I think, um, in this country. Okay. Um, I'm, I think this third one broadcasts tonight as we record. Anyway, so I was having this conversation with Est yesterday. If you sleep with a robot, is it cheating?
1: Male female. <laughs> well
0: it doesn't matter. Um Or is it just like using a sex toy?
1: I don't think it's cheating.
0: Yeah, I don't either. What did S say? She wasn't completely convinced. Mainly because it was a fit robot on the telly at the time. <laughs>
1: I think. It's like that Human, have you watched Humans?
0: Yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we had the same discussion when Humans was on as well. <laughs> Though that scene, the scene in Humans, that was that was just uncomfortable.
1: It was actually, it was very well portrayed actually.
0: Yeah, it was really, really good.
1: It was almost like a, a rape, dare it, I say. It was, it extent. was,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a new series of that coming, isn't there?
1: Yes, I believe so, yeah, I've seen um, adverts, and there's also a Doctor Who spin-off coming out on BBC Three, isn't there?
0: Yeah, is it called Class? Class, Class, class. there is, and there's a Doctor Who Christmas special. Is there? Yeah! I didn't know there was (laughs) going to be one, and then I saw a still from it the other day. Oh, that
1: sounds uh, interesting then.
0: Yeah, I need some more Doctor Who.
1: Just hope it's good.
0: Oh, yeah, but you, nothing's ever good for you. You're right miserable git when it comes to Doctor Who these days. Oh, he always gets out of it just at the end. Well, that's the whole thing. He always got out of it just at the end. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway.
1: It's not like the old days, Doctor Who, you know. That's you, you, you know it's not
0: like the old days. Yeah, because, you know, it's not black and white, for starters. <laughs>
1: Do you know what?
0: What?
1: People have it too easy these days with colour and everything. Not
0: having to get up and change the channel.
1: And HD and all that stuff. Yeah, not having to make that thunk noise as you twisted the knob to the next UHF channel.
0: (laughs) You're so old. Do
1: you know what? There will be people who actually understand what i'm talking there about be. there
0: will be the odd persons going oh yeah i remember them and then there'll be. is other... it is
1: it a kids program or not
0: what this not class oh class i've got well, it's on bbc3 so i've got no idea it's a... the kids all watch telly online these days don't they my children don't, don't watch tv they just stream stuff uh, on it's
1: a, it's a ya series it says
0: what's ya young adult
1: yeah
0: okay so there might be the swearings.
1: There might be. It's uh, set in the legendary Coal Hill School. Is that where... Um,
0: oh, that's... Um, that's where... Where Sarah
1: Jane's stuff was from. No,
0: no, 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 no. It's where, oh, that's where
1: the teacher was and things like that, Is yeah, that it's right?
0: That's where Barbara and uh, Ian were teachers um, in the very first episode. And then yep. they reprised it in with, what's her name? What was her last companion? Clara Mm. was a teacher there as well, but she was a teacher there because Ian Chesterton was the head when she was, you know, or had been the head or something. Because there was some, on the sign when they panned past it, there was that little moment for all of us old school fans.
1: We're very sad, really, aren't we?
0: We are. I mean, we've been chatting for like nearly 10 minutes and we haven't even talked about games yet. (laughs) We've just talked about (laughs) Doctor Who and stuff.
1: That's normal, though, isn't it?
0: Mm. It is, really. So, anyway, shall we move on? This is the new Fool's Daily. You haven't been on the new Fool's Daily.
1: Oh, no. um, Do I have to dress for this?
0: Yes, you did. Don't don't tell me you're in your pants again.
1: I am in pants, but I have other clothes on as well. Okay, good. Probably just as well
0: so this yeah this is the new Falls Daily where we don't have just one topic we just talk about a wide ranging discussion sort of thing I'm, I'm doing movements with my arms <laughs> I on my I really don't know why
1: the worrying thing is because I know you so well I know you're doing that anyway and you didn't <laughs> need to say that
0: oh dear
1: it's like when you were talking earlier I could see you wiping your hand on your nose and face sort of thing as you were itching your face in some way shape or form
0: yeah it's true. We have known each... You know it's 20 years we've known each other this year. Is it? Yeah. Game, oh. game, Games Day 96.
1: Dun, dun, dun. When
0: we'd been talking beforehand, but Games Day 96 is when we first actually met when you when you rocked How long have
1: you been married?
0: 20 years, because we met um, the month after um, my wedding.
1: Ah... So if I'd met you a little bit earlier... I'd have married you (laughs) instead.
0: Yes, 20 years.
1: We could have had our own cookery programme and everything.
0: We could have done. That would have been brilliant. What would we have cooked? (laughs) I don't know. You only cook like sausages and stuff.
1: I don't. What do you cook? cook. I cook curries. I cook fish pies. I (laughs) cook... (laughs) Fish is very good for you.
0: Yeah, but fish pie is disgusting. Ocean
1: pie. I do good ocean pie.
0: I remember once when we were were going to a tournament and you were were in... It must have been in London. I think it was the Tain Lawn first one. The one where I, I stayed over at your house. Yes. And we were in the pub on the night before. And you had... Something in white gloopy sauce. Then you said it was gravy. I can't remember what it was called now. Some sort of seafood. It was revolting.
1: You don't do fish, then? No. Okay.
0: Steak, mate. Steaks. That's what you want. Nice 28-day aged beef.
1: Yeah, there's there's niceness about that as well. There's niceness about.
0: Fishy, fishy, fishy. No, there's not. It's fishy. Oh, it got bones in it. Oh, choke, die.
1: Okay, the bones do get on my nerves.
0: (laughs) See, right. Should we talk gaming? I haven't explained that. You haven't. You don't know. Falls daily. Yes. So we're all over the shop now. You can talk about whatever you want. No restraints. Whatever.
1: I've um, I've had my operation now.
0: (laughs) So you're now Conradina.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. That's right, I'm Connie. Hi, Connie. I was Connie before. <laughs> Hi, Connie. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm building things slowly so at the moment. So you're
0: not wearing pants, you're wearing knickers, is this basically what you're saying? I am. Nice. It's... Cool. I'm going to have to put that in my... Yeah, I store that image away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're lacy as well.
0: Cool. Oh, good. Send me a photo then, because it will go with the other one that I've got of you in your underwear. <laughs>
1: What the Persian slinger? Right? The Persian slinger. <laughs> the Foundry Persian slinger.
0: Yes. If you've never seen the Foundry Persian slinger, then I occasionally retweet it when I'm feeling particularly <laughs> funny.
1: So I'm I'm doing hobby stuff.
0: You're doing hobby stuff. So right. So you've had your operation. So remind remind everyone because it's been months. What had happened?
1: Uh, basically, I'd, uh, I've got a bad thumb and left hand. I have the Sequoia tenosynovitis, tenosynovitis, okay. which is a form of tendonitis. So he, um, he uh, made an incision on my radial nerve just above my wrist on my left hand under general anesthetic and, uh, did some poking around over there. And, uh, so far, it's not obviously repaired yet, but so far it seems to be um, still working, which is a good thing.
0: So did it give you new tendons, or did it just clean up the ones that were there?
1: I think he did a bit of cleaning sort of thing.
0: Right. So, you're basically, you're now the bionic man.
1: Again. Until it, until it breaks down again.
0: Well, I did feel a bit old. So these days.
1: No, this is true. Well, it depends if it's...
0: (laughs) Actually, actually at the moment, $60 million goes a lot further than it did.
1: (laughs) If if you're talking about the pound conversion rate, then yeah, it does. But yeah, no, I've been... I've actually been... I've still been playing, obviously, but my hobby... um, actual hobby side of stuff, you know, the making and painting has been a little bit restricted um, due to my Dammy hand, but uh, I I have been playing War Machine, right? Because the new edition of that. Did you know that
0: a War Machine,
1: War Machine and horses, and have you fallen asleep as soon no. as I mentioned?
0: No, no, no. I, you know what? I had a conversation with someone the other week. Um, I was running a Malifaux doubles tournament, and I had a conversation with a person about War Machine for like 20 years. It, it was a real person. It was Greg Pishkosh.
1: Oh, um, Greg's very much into it, isn't yes, he? Yes. But I was talk-
0: No, no, well, he was still into it when I was talking to him a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's but good. We were, we were, I had a long conversation with him about um Mark III and, you know, what it had changed and things like that. And I didn't fall asleep once. I still I still think that like- their marketing literature is misleading as it shows like terrain and stuff.
1: I Had a very nice game uh, on Sunday with Flat, <laughs> 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 and I do remember thinking oh, it's very functional and everything, but it's it's not very. It it's not a narrative driven game, is it? Basically, no. is
0: it? But it's let's not let's just face it. It's not designed to be.
1: No, exactly right. It, it is a tabletop CCG, and that's that. Um, and as. With any CCG, it has design issues at that point. Um, and the, the most notable design issue with any sort of CCG is that is, is power creep and net decking, the, the, the flavour of the moment, you know, which will shift as new stuff is released. Um, but, but if you think about Warhammer and... And the sort of experience we had with, with Games Workshop, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a CCG to, to, to have those issues, No, it? doesn't.
0: Does it? it doesn't. Sorry. I am um, actually... I was actually having... A I can't who I was having the conversation with. <laughs> um, I was actually having a conversation with someone about Guild Ball being a tabletop CCG.
1: Do you know what's really strange? I, I've actually played Guild Ball recently. I haven't played for a little while. Hmm. I've had a couple of games in the last two weeks, and... For some reason, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel uh, like a, a, a tabletop CCG, but in essence, it, it is as well.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. So, anyway, but you're right. I mean, War Machine definitely is. Yeah. I mean, it, it is about, you know, that Uber combination um, and netlisting is prevalent. How are you finding Mark Three?
1: Um,
0: I'm it finding. Re- it re- <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I, I had a follow up question. Sorry, I talked all over you and everything. That's all right.
1: That's I was okay. So,
0: has it revitalised your love for the game because you had sort of gone mm. ah, about Mark Two?
1: So, yes, it has revitalised um, my interest in the game. Um, I have recently got frustrated with it, um, but. I've, I think I've got over that as well because I've come to the decision I should just play what I want to play. You know, this is this is going back to my where I am with the gaming point of view. You know, where I'm enjoying the narrative yeah. uh, and a game where you're making noises in your head or just making the noises there and then. You know, um, so there are certain models that I like within. Well, actually, there's many models I like within the PP range. So uh, I've decided to ch- just take a leaf out of uh, my friend Nick's um, book, where he's basically saying, <laughs> I like the models, so I'm playing it. Hey, all right, he plays um, Menoth, so uh, Menoth uh, as Are a faction.
0: Are the, yeah. they the blue and white ones?
1: No, they're, they're, they're the Holy Order one, you know, with the – they're usually cream and
0: – Oh, cream and purple? Yeah. Right, okay. Um
1: but, but they're a very, uh, combined arms type of race oh, okay. with stacking buffs and things like that. Um, so I've, I've recently sort of taken a, a leaf out of his book and I'm doing that and I've started to enjoy the game. I, I've been working on the, the one thing about Hall's War Machine is, is list building is part of the fun. Um, and you can go and take the easy way out and go and look at forums and the internet and go and net deck, but, I don't like doing that. I like developing a list organically, you know, the same way that we used to do in, in fancy battle days. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the fun of the game for me anyway. Uh, and then the other part is getting good or proficient with that list uh, and being able to cope with your opponent's list when you're playing the game.
0: Yeah. It's, so it's, that's always especially Good when you rock up with something that you've created yourself. Your opponent, you put it on the table. Your opponent goes, "Ha, I'm going to win in like 30 seconds," and then you win.
1: What, like when you play me, you mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, so there is that aspect. So, I've I've developed a particular list with a particular caster, and I have not yet become proficient with it, but I'm happy with that list. So, I need. uh, I'm I'm entering a team tournament in Dark Sphere. Um, later on, with um, some fellow table okay. club members, so it's a local event. Uh, it's in London, and uh, we need two lists for that. So that means I need to find a second caster and a second list. And I've, as much as I've been enjoying Minions, uh, which are you know the pigs and the the gators for yep. those who don't know anything so, about Warhammer. So,
0: so some of my favorite models, actually.
1: Um. For, for me to play a competitive minion list, and I was predominantly playing Gators. Sorry, I was solely playing Gators in Mark Two. Right. Um, is not viable at present, in my opinion, from a competitive point of view, if you right. want to. So I have to start looking at some of the pig casters, which I've been trying to avoid, to be fair, because... Um, some of the pig models i just think are really nice you know the the pig, the pig beasts the the mechanically altered hogs um so i've got some building to do um of figures and that'll take me a while because you know what i'm like in terms of ocd and fastidiousness of of creating a model and when a roadhog comes in 14 or 15 pieces then obviously i've got to clean all of those as well
0: yeah with your gammy hand yes
1: so that sort of went on whole so I, I dropped back to playing signal for a bit um, okay. now they are the blue and white, they are and white. the <laughs> blue and white they are the boys in blue yeah uh and uh i've i've now got to develop a second list for for that team event um okay. And I don't think I've got that long for it. I think I've got a month and a half to do it. Uh, And when you're not playing regularly, then obviously trying to hone a list or create a list becomes a bit more of a problem. So there you go. Um, So that's Hordes and War Machine. But in essence, I'm enjoying the game. I do see issues with the game. Right. Uh, There are, despite what, Privateer have said, you know, that it's it's been on a three-year development life cycle and uh, it's been play-tested. Uh, unlike Mark II, it, there was no open beta. Yeah. So it <coughs> appeared...
0: <coughs> Excuse me.
1: It's it appeared and there were card leaks prior to its release.
0: Right, oh, they, these, they were the the overseas printings, weren't they? Was I believe so.
1: Yeah, I think, and they these were the genuine cards. So, and they got around on the internet, and it was clear, you know, from the people who who are who were clever with with things like this, it was clear that there were issues with with models,
0: right? Um,
1: and there are issues at the moment. So, PP and their in their usual way, then this is the model that they're using for Mark III, issued an errata. Right. So the first errata is out. The next one will hit, um, the updated errata will hit just prior to SmogCon next year, which will be January time. And they're going to create, they're going to do uh, an errata twice a year, I believe. Uh, And that's it. And it will include, you know, Potential changes in models. They've already identified that they've, and they've openly admitted on, on their website through their insider articles, that the whole faction, the whole scorn faction, is you know they've missed the boat on that. Uh, I think this was only last week that they'd sort of um, announced that. Uh, uh, Cricks are poss- potentially underpowered a bit, but th- what they're going to do is they're going to look at those issues. They're not going. I don't think they'll do a big bang. Approach uh, I think they will change stuff slowly, but they're also going to look at the top five and the bottom five percent of casters and warlocks throughout the game and tweak those so this is going to be something that will happen over the period of the game sort of thing over the life lifespan of the game um, and the other thing that they're doing this time round is there are not going to be any anthology books so traditionally for mark 1 and mark 2 uh, there has been a war machine book an anthology book which create which included new faction models and potentially casters for all war machine factions and then 2 or 3 months or whatever time period later there'd be a a hordes book
0: right
1: at, with a similar sort of uh, uh release of new new stuff as well so that was their way of changing the game up and changing the meta. This time they're cre- they're creating army books, force books, I think they're called. Uh, and I think the first one comes out in November, which is trolls. Uh, and this is going to be, uh, you know, like the GW type books. It's going to be a faction
0: right okay. book.
1: But my understanding is that this it may not include all the models that are in that faction. They might leave out some of the models and the reason for that is that at a later point in time they will be bringing out theme books and the theme book the themed force book will center around one of those units or one of those types that are a cast or something like that i don't don't know exactly what they're going to do but um that's this is what i've heard but I, i don't know if it's true or not but they will be changing the game up through the introduction of these these theme books so, okay. I think it's going to take a little while for everyone to have stuff out there, you know
0: Okay I mean, so that's, uh, I, I mean that sounds a bit it sounds very different to what they were doing before
1: it is i I think it's very different to what they've done before. Um, who knows they might be even sort of going down a sort of hobby themey type feel for for the game later on when um with some of these theme forces you know yeah uh i I don't think so because I think you know very much like Jervis said when he years after creating the grand tournament that he it was potentially a mistake that he'd made, you know or it, it it was something that he might have regretted because it changed that. Public face of gaming to a certain extent for those few people who actually go out and do the competitive gaming um, the game is geared and built to be what it is yeah, and uh it would be hard to change well, we're back to change, aren't we We're back to changing people's perspective on a game to to potentially make it um yeah, yeah. fluffy. And that's the other thing they've they've dropped out with all their books is the fluff. The fluff is purely going to this uh this imprint publishing house of where they're producing novels um and stories.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So there you go, I'm enjoying it. Okay, cool. I, I don't win all my games but what's new? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah but if you're enjoying it that's the main thing, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah.
1: Because there, 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 comes a point in time when you think to yourself, "Oh, why am I investing my time in this game when I'm actually not enjoying it?"
0: Yeah. No, I can get that. No, I think I think it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it because you did really, really like it. it
1: yes. No, I did. You're absolutely right. Um, and it did. It did upset me. I suppose is a, is a strong enough phrase. It did upset me to the fact that uh, a game that I'd invested so much time in. I suppose it's like you know, if you're a footballer and you have an injury, then and you stop you stop playing football because of it. Yeah. You invest a lot of time in it, and and if it if that's gone, it it's not necessarily a waste, but it it, it does leave a hole sort of thing. Yes. Stupid. We're talking about Mortal Soldiers leaving a hole.
0: <laughs> well, no. I, I, you know, I was having this conversation with Matt. It is... It defines us. Yeah, it does. Um,
1: and the stupid things that we do with it define us. You know, like... Uh, um, I've recently got got into dystopian wars and making noises right? of ships blowing, firing guns or aeroplanes flying around is, you know, it's stupid, especially if your other half sees it, they just think you're mad, don't they?
0: Alright, so for those who don't know, let's explain what the dystopian wars is.
1: Dystopian Wars is a game by Spartan Games, I believe. Set in some post or pre-World War I, steampunk Victorian era type setting, <laughs> I believe.
0: You're not doing a very good job of selling this. I haven't I, I, I read
1: the fluff properly, you see. I know that they did discover an element element two seventy which changes it becomes the the sort of uh industrial revolution is is pioneered by this or or, or kicked into place by this this discovery of this element two seventy which is some form of power source um and you get all the all these sorts of wonderful Tesla weaponry and things like that uh I think it's found in in the in the Antarctic as well. Okay. But basically, it's a a naval stroke, aerial stroke, land I don't know what scale it is, but it's small.
0: 1-100, I think.
1: Miniature game.
0: So, 10mm. Maybe slightly small.
1: And I don't play the land stuff, because I think some of it looks a bit rubbish, and I'm happy just to play the The naval stroke aerial stuff, and, uh, I've had a couple of games, and I love it. I just think it's great fun.
0: Okay. So, what is it, mate, you like, that you like about it? (laughs) It's just that.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, obviously, the whole naval. Did you like Man of War? Yes. i I think it's probably come from that i think i think it's come from that whole name i liked uncharted seas which was another offering of spartan uh, and i still think that's being sold as well but that was a fantasy based naval game um this is taking that naval interest but adding a steampunk kick to it you know bent to it and uh And I think that's what's, what's doing it. But, but then when if you, when you throw in dirigibles into the equation and biplanes and huge, wonderful looking bombers and all that sort of paraphernalia and submarines and aquatic robots and aquatic squids, you start falling in love with it. Even right. more because of that sort of imagery, um, as well. So it uses Spartan's classic exploding dice mechanism, which some people like and some people hate. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's just part of the game. Um, it's part of the of the unpredictability of the game. You know. Uh, it's the same as flipping a red joker for me.
0: Yeah. So what? Yeah. Well, what, what have you? Um, been,
1: what did? What, it, what, it, faction it, what have you been playing? Right. So I ended up with the Prussians mainly because of that. I love saying that word. Dirigibles.
0: It is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> I lo- I do like that. Um...
1: What the flying fortress thing? The big thing with the, the yeah with yeah. the yeah. So they they have this, what is essentially a huge balloon with uh, an airfield on top of it, which flies.
0: Yeah, no, that is a great, great model. It really is.
1: That <laughs> fleet selection has really, really expanded. You know, I, I bought my. I, I originally wanted to play the game when version one came out, um, but. You know, like you do with these sort of buys, nobody else was involved, nobody else was interested rather than so, or so so it just sat there yeah uh, and then the version two rules came out, and I think they had some sort of special offer on at some point well after the, the rules had been released uh, and I picked up the Commodore's handbook, which is the big, thick book right. um, but again nothing happened i had to flick through the rules and thought no oh, i really like that and i knew that the chelmsford club played it uh but i never managed to get the opportunity to to get there to play it but i was essentially promised teaching games as it were you know yeah um but the club that i go to on a um, tuesday night harlow uh, uh one of the guys there is sort of single handedly led a resurgence in interest of the game, and it is the game that he loves right uh, and there's a few players there um, and then whilst there club fellow clubmates Nigel and Nick were looking at it, and uh, uh Nigel's ended up getting some Italian chips so i've had I've actually had a couple of games, and we've sort of struggled through it. 'Cause the rules are clunky is probably not the right word, that there is a lot of rules and it's there are a lot of rules because of the detail that the, the game wants to include in it. So if I fire torpedoes at you, for instance, yeah. you can um, defend the attack by deployment of c- countermeasures, essentially. So concussion charges, as it would be for, for, um, against torpedoes. So at that point, I roll some dice, but you roll some dice as well for your concussion charges. If I'm attacking you with aircraft, there is anti-aircraft. So again, there is, there's that level of detail to, um, the game. So that makes it, it, to some people, it makes it clunky. Some people, it makes it onerous. But for me, it's—I'll be making the noises of that charged away type thing, you know.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, that sounds awesome. I mean, I've—I always really liked the models. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of the exploding dice mechanism yeah but i do like them i do like the models i'm sure i had some at some point but i think i may have sold them on so so there are
1: different types of exploding dice there is there is a hard and soft exploding dice so there are dice there are dice rolls that are made uh, i think they're called red six dice so that's when it does explode and subsequent six so for those who don't know if you roll a six you can roll it roll a dice again essentially and if you roll a six on that re-roll dice that explodes as well but then there are there is a concept of just um, and a six is two hits uh but there is a concept of non-exploding dice as well in that it just counts as the two hits so in certain instances they are non exploding but it, it, it's part of the fun of the game i think uh, And you do end up rolling bucket loads of dice, potentially, sometimes. But, again, that's not a bad thing, either.
0: There's nothing wrong with rolling bucket loads of dice. (laughs) Many games have built their foundation on that.
1: Oh, yes, yeah.
0: There is something very visceral about rolling a load of dice and having them clunk about and then going, oh, look at that.
1: They Twenty-seven all
0: miss. ones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's it. That's uh, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. From uh, from a gaming point of view, I've not played Malifaux for I just, the doubles. Probably was the last time I played Malifaux. <laughs> the Tanglewood doubles. Um, uh, there is. We are gearing up to play some Bolt Action Version Two. Now that those rules are out.
0: Are they out now? Are they?
1: They are. Yeah. Uh,
0: Is it massively different?
1: From what I've read um, online, there are some subtle tweaks. So commanding officers have become a bit more important. um, And and lots of other things. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's going to be interesting to play that game again because that whole orders dice mechanic... Thing plus the whole World War Two thing is is uh, makes for a good game.
0: Yeah, I thought you liked Iron Cross. I thought you preferred Iron Cross before. Oh right? yeah,
1: I still do. I, it's quite interesting because I've been in touch with the guys um, at. Well, uh, I've lost it, haven't I? Where, where they? Who creates Iron Cross?
0: Great Escape Games. Great Escape Games. It's Stu McCorkin now.
1: Yes, yeah, so I've been in touch with Stu um, and with.
0: Oh, you should have got a Rule. clang for that, really.
1: Rule. Oh, Stuart and me go back a long time.
0: But you should, you should get a clang, shouldn't you? Okay,
1: clang. Clang. <laughs> um, with rules, queries, and very kindly Rule, uh, Stuart has um, responded. Uh, but then I've started, to, we've predominantly played the first scenario. I think I've played the second one as well. I'm still very much enjoying the game. Um, so I have been playing that as well. Uh, there is, we thought there were some tweaks that could be made to the first scenario. So I've I've um, suggested potential changes, you know, that could be made to do that. But I think it, that that is very much a, an outlook on how you're playing a game as well. You know, we're back to the. The, the look and feel of the game, rather than the result of the game, the competitive nature of the game. But I suppose if you, if you're playing a scenario, you do want it to be, um, balance is probably the right, not the right word, but you, you yeah, no, alright, let's just say balance. You you want it to be balanced in in a particular way, so
0: Okay, so what is the, the what is the first scenario?
1: The first scenario is essentially putting some objectives on the board and uh there are two ways of winning the game. One is a breakpoint method of winning the game.
0: Right. So you, doing a load of damage to your opponent.
1: Exactly right. Uh and the other one is to, to own more objectives than your opponent. Okay. You have you have one objective per five hundred points, so we're playing uh, I think we we're playing five hundred points each, so there's two objectives on the board. Okay. So you so, have to
0: match a both basically to win.
1: Or have
0: one, one and your opponent doesn't have the other I guess. Exactly right,
1: yeah. Right. So the, the rules are such that you, you go up to the objective and it essentially you tag it and it becomes your own. Um, if you keep an infantry stand touching that objective, essentially you, you one way of looking at it is that it cannot be re- you know, like the way you flip a counter in, in, yeah. it can't be flipped at that point. Or you can say that it can be flipped to neutral. Okay. Um, but what you can do with the game is essentially, Jump out of cover, tag it, go back into cover, and you could go on like that in the whole game. Right, okay. So, from a visual point of view.
0: It's not as exciting.
1: It didn't feel right. That's, you know, in my mind, it just, it felt like I'm playing he or tag or something like that. Right, here. okay. So, I was, one of the things I'd sort of suggested was that you get a certain number of break point for owning it but then trying to find that magic number of how many break points that you earn from owning the objective would be the next part of trying to um, balance that scenario uh, or you try and do things like along the lines of you know some of the uh, the war machine hordes steamroller rules where uh, if you've got a unit within x distance then uh, you can't own that objective. You've got to basically kill that unit before you can own it because they're contesting the objective just by being (laughs) in the vicinity. So there are different ways of dealing with it. uh, And essentially what it comes down to is Iron Cross is a non-restrictive rule set. So you can do what you want, as as is any rule set really. So you can you what you're going to end up doing with with the, a game like this is is having house rules, I would have thought uh, right. or or tweaking things to 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 make it work for you or you and your opponent because one thing might not work for for someone else to make the game feel better for you, not fairer better right okay so you overcome that. Oh, well, that's a bit, that feels a bit silly, sort of thing, you know? <clears throat> so, but I I am still very much enjoying it. I've been playing a, a guy at the club, uh, Phil, who's been using British, uh, his British army, and uh, he's come from <clears throat> an ex-flames of war background as well, um, and he loves the game. So, um, yes. Playing bolt action just gives me a different. It's a different game.
0: Right, okay. And is it a different group of people you play it with?
1: Uh, No, I play Iron Cross with Nick, and I play Bolt Action with Nick. Uh,
0: But I suppose it's the same models, isn't it? No.
1: Well, you're using 28mm models. You're using Warlord miniatures at that point. um, Isn't
0: isn't Iron Cross 28?
1: Iron Cross is is scale agnostic, so you can use use whatever you want. Oh, I
0: I thought you were playing that at 28 as well.
1: No, basically, I've repurposed my Flames of War. Ah, I um, didn't
0: realize I that. that. Oh, okay, well, then that makes sense then.
1: So, it's, you know, on a standard Flames of War figures, there's four or five miniatures on it, so it feels like you're moving a squad along, whereas yeah. um, Bolt Action is, is, is individuals, isn't it? It's more sort of platoon based, yeah. isn't it? No,
0: okay, I thought What's you were. I the other For way? some reason, I thought you were using the same models.
1: No, no, no. Well, you can do, but as, as I said, but um no. Yeah, but no. now I
0: understand why you've got two different rule sets, because in your mind it's, you know, they're different things. It's like, um, you know, playing Epic and 40K.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Technically, you could play 40K with Epic models quite easily. You could in do. Fact.
1: Yeah, you could do, but, uh, but you'd doesn't. need a big table. You would not need a big But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that at some point. And uh, Relic Knights is still on the go as well, uh, oh. with with the 1.5 beta. Uh, I recently took part in an event up in Nottingham, run by Richard Coates from Shiny Games, uh, at a very interesting shop called the Dice Cup, which is a one of these games. Oh, it's a games game cafe. cafe. It was it yeah.
0: was kickstarted. Kick- oh, was it? Yes.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we went there, Um, and I think there was, what, eight players there? Oh, nice. Playing the beta rules, and... Improved? The game has improved. It still has um, some issues, um, but they are working on that. You know, again, I provided feedback direct to Ninja Division on some of the playtest games that I'd had on 1.5, and they were very, very amenable to it, uh, to the extent of changing um, the rules, the beta rules. But they are, the version 2 rules are meant to be coming out uh, who knows when, I think, and I I believe it may even be, there are rumours of it being kickstarted as well, so. uh,
0: I must admit, that's what I thought they'd hired Justin for.
1: Ah, what, for the version 2 stuff?
0: Yeah, and then Ooh. Well, no, because then he ended up on Super Dungeon Explore, right? But I must admit, I thought that that's where he was going to end up, um, the, given the the the, game, given his familiarity with relatively small figure count games.
1: The game has so much potential, you know, for, especially as they've gone to the resin figures now, um, as opposed to the old plastics. Uh, I've had some of the new resins, and they are very clean, very nice as you would expect with resin. Uh, well
0: the the stuff that they're producing their um uh,
1: the the chibi type games.
0: Yeah, that's they're really really good models for one pieces. Really really nice.
1: Oh, don't talk to me about one piece models.
0: What as you build a 15 piece war machine thing.
1: No, and War I uh, no I'm, t- I'm talking about kickstarter and uh and uh Kickstarter and One Piece models, don't talk to me about it with Route, 60, Route, Route 666
0: No, re- go on, get it off your chest
1: Re-Kickstarting uh, You hadn't even had your game, had you? I'd had mine with... and i had played it and I quite enjoyed it, but then they you know, the big thing was putting those small little um, bikes together uh, not necessarily the best cast models Um but you're talking that, that material again. Uh, and then they decide that they're going to kickstart with One Piece Models. And it was like,
0: grrr. Yes, I must admit that did leave a slightly sour taste in my mouth. I didn't back it because of that. I, did,
1: I didn't back it as well. I, I, but it did. it did great with me because I thought, well, you could do something for the people who've managed to help you put that game system out. In some way, shape, or form, which is obviously cost money, but, um, even if it was something along the lines of prior Kickstarter backers who backed to this particular level will offer you this at X, you know, this is your Kickstarter pledge level here, sort of thing. Yeah. But there you go. I'll shut up now.
0: You don't have to. I think you've got a valid thing, reason. I mean, you know, I made no secret of the fact of how annoyed I was that it was out in stores before I got my stuff.
1: It wasn't that down to the fact that they were backers, the people who were in the store were backers, but, I, I you know, I understand that. No, and they it, had it on
0: stuff for retail. It was in retail before they delivered all the Kickstart pledges. Yeah. That's okay. I've got, I've got. I could I could rant all day about Kickstarter f- failures at the moment.
1: You're not talking um, the others then at the moment, are you?
0: That is completely beyond their control.
1: Oh no, absolutely,
0: yeah. And I I that one I'm upset, but I'm not upset at them because that's comp- it's completely beyond their control um, as to where. Um, it's if that's going. the delivery, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. The ship has been com- given permission to dock, so it is on its way to Hamburg at the moment. And then we should get them mid-November, which will be fine. You know, I'll be perfectly happy with that, to be honest. And they've been brilliant at keeping us informed. You know, there's not been months of silence.
1: No, and, they, and they, it's completely out of their control. The shipping line goes bust. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 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 main ship that's carrying a lot of the European stuff is uh, essentially left at s- this is it was a, it was very interesting reading you know what happens to s- in this sort of instance but basically yeah. at that point
0: a huge container with
1: a load of stuff is not allowed to dock anywhere and he's has to stay at sea. And I think it's got to have been out there for at least two weeks to a month. I would have thought before it was finally allowed to dock yeah uh, and then you've got the added problems of the freight that's on there who's going to take care of it and how how's it how's it going to um how's it going to get out there so from my understanding from the last email uh, the last kickstarter update there's there's like three ships out there carrying bits of it yeah bits of the uh delivery out there but yeah completely out of their control you're absolutely right though
0: yeah. so them, no them i'm not worried about um relic um, uh bones reaper bones 3 i'm not overly cross about that despite the fact that you know it's going to be big big delays um what what's happened there oh uh, there was just miscommunication between them and their um manufacturing partner they they assumed one thing when the manufacturing partner meant another thing and because you're dealing with, you know, China and everyone, you don't necessarily speak Chinese, and you just get issues. Um, but they've, they've been keeping us informed. No, the one that has got my ire at the moment is Mongoose and the paranoid. Uh, paranoid. That was meant paranoid. to be out. Yeah.
1: A while ago, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, you remember? You remember, like eighteen months ago, when we played a game of paranoia?
1: Yep, yeah, I do.
0: Um. Yeah still haven 't got it i 've got um P- i 've got PDFs of the initial stuff but not all the extra stuff that was promised um, and no physical product um, which is slightly annoying <laughs> Um you know, because my interest in it is going to be gone. And the other one is um Well this is
1: what happened with Relic Knights originally, wasn't it? It with, is. Uh, it, is. it did.
0: But the one that has really killed all the interest is um uh are they called Fly are they flying frog games? They did a it's dungeon fl- crawl called Shadows of Brimstone.
1: Yeah, I think it is flying frogs.
0: Um, so they did this kit. They did this They did one called um, Shadows of Brimstone. Now, I'm pretty sure. I'm just. I'm just. Bringing it up. Um, chaos. And I've got to scroll quite a long way for Shadows of Brimstone. Past that, past that, past that, past that, past that. Has pass that,
1: that, that got something to do with the number of Kickstarters that you backed?
0: Oh, possibly. <laughs> but most of them have delivered. Oh, no. Good
1: God. Have you not not supported... Oh, my uh, God. Have you not supported Barry Pittman's uh, Kickstarter with his 10 mil ogres?
0: Right. Uh, No. This was funded on the 25th of November 2013.
1: That's three years ago. Two and a half
0: years ago. Estimated estimated delivery date, August 2014.
1: Has that beaten the... um,
0: was destroyed, Relic Knights.
1: The come on, the come on, stroke, ninja.
0: Yeah, um, no, it's destroyed, Relic Knights. So I've had, so basically, they've funded for one point three million dollars um, to a, a, a effectively the same rule system with two different big box games. You know, two different settings, basically, so two different tile sets. Now. 18 months no a year ago maybe maybe 18 months ago so sometime in 2015 um
1: sometime in the past
0: they delivered the two box games but none of the extras or pledges that they had okay so i yeah. my, sh- my shipping list is a side and a half of a4 the first two items on it are the two box games and they're crossed off and everything else i haven't been delivered yet
1: Is that a substantial amount of stuff as well as in sort of add-ons, yeah, extra, extra figures, sets,
0: extra models, extra monsters? Those stuff. I've got no idea when it's coming. They have, have they actually? They, is no, that a mis- they, commu- I, they communicate every so often. They put together a um, a package of what they had available and were offering it as a. 1.5 wave shipping that you had to pay the shipping for. Now, the shipping for it on it to the UK was about $70. Needless to say, I didn't pay that because I've, already, like... paid my, I've <clears throat> already paid my shipping fee. I'm not paying an extra 70 bucks to get stuff. But...
1: That's like, well, that's lots of money at the moment then, isn't
0: it? Yeah, but the, the biggest issue, of course, is I've played the game. I'm done with it. The stuff that's coming isn't going to make me pick up the game again. So I've just got, I, at some point, this stuff will come and it will go in a box, and then I will do nothing with it. And I know I'll do nothing with it. And that's the depressing thing. I mean, it. I will tell you what. It funded before the folio. The first
1: Foldio? Yes. Why do people. Why do companies do this, though? I don't know. Oh, pa- is there, it. There's is
0: paranoia. There no. Sorry? I I just found the paranoia one. 3rd of December, 2014. Delivery, May 2015. It's an RPG, for God's sake.
1: But that that sounds as though they're... Again, have they been... um, Has their communication been good?
0: It's been okay. It's not been brilliant. But, so,
1: what issue did you
0: It took longer than they thought to get the rule system right. The the designer completely rewrote it, just arbitrarily.
1: So, something wasn't working, There's something sit no, well with... It's, well, yeah, well, we can understand that. Rubbish.
0: So, anyway. Right, I suppose we ought to go...
1: Should we, should we finish on a high then should we? Oh
0: finish on... what, what are we going to do some MDMA? <laughs>
1: is super glue the same as MDMA?
0: No. But you can get high on super glue. So I, not that I know. <laughs> and not that I'm advocating any form of solvent abuse.
1: Is that why one of your nostrils is closer than together than the other one?
0: Right because I super glue my nose together. <laughs> such a doofus uh, uh, on a high go on. oh you've stopped sounding like you were talking to a bin bag as well
1: I'm going to I'm going to be painting again
0: whoop whoop there you yeah. go I'm glad it, it makes you happy when I, you paint it does doesn't it
1: you it, know that as well I
0: do, I do know that
1: and I'm seriously considering, so as I'm building this, uh, road dog, this came to me yesterday. Right. Seriously considering doing something that I've never done before. As in, this road dog is built. I do not paint another piggy model until this is painted.
0: Build another piggy model. Mm. Okay.
1: Whether or not I can do that, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, I have one more model to paint before I go on my America trip. So, oh, where are you going? I'm, well, I'm going for work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm, going so to, I'm going to. I'm um, going to Adam this weekend. You know Adam? Yes, I know. Adam Hebling, uh, a friend of ours, uh, is running a Malifaux tournament in New Hampshire. Lovely. Live free or die cheating. And. I'm going to go to that.
1: Where is New Hampshire?
0: It's just north of Boston.
1: So it's, it's
0: quite yeah. close
1: to businessy things.
0: Yes, amazing that.
1: <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I have undercoated a load of bolt action stuff, and I have undercoated a load of dystopian war stuff. So I str- and I was looking at dazzle paint themes from World War One ships last night. Sadly.
0: You have to get them very angular. Mm. Masking tape.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Masking or tape. Or but...
0: that masking gel. Maybe at that scale, that masking gel might work better.
1: But I was, and I'm thinking, I was looking at ways of painting these models. So you can go the traditional sort of dry brush wash type thing. And I thought I might, on the bigger ships, put s- on the small ships. Okay, that's fair enough. But on the big ships, I might do a bit of dazzle work. Yeah. Some and airbrush. then then how complex do you want it to be? Because I don't know if you've looked at any of the dazzle. St-
0: I, 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 oh, I have that, in the past, yeah. They're,
1: they're obscene, some of the things, in yeah. terms but of... So, uh, but, so, but
0: really, all you need to do is get the um, the impression off. So all you really need to do is do some sort of angular stuff, like, does um, Thingy still have it? Uh, HMS Belfast still have that angular paint job?
1: Possibly. Well, I think it's mainly grey now, isn't it? Is it- it's grey and blue.
0: So At one point, it had the blue and the grey angle shapes to break up the because it just breaks up the silhouette, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what it's designed it, for.
1: Oh yeah, no, it has. I can see pictures of it now. It's got it's got the dazzle stuff now.
0: Okay. Huh. Hey, look at me! You're Every
1: very particular. clever. You are very well, clever.
0: I just, I just remember a load of old rubbish. <laughs>
1: Right, let's go. That was that. That was my high.
0: Right, cool. High. It was it was a great high. Are we going to talk to you again soon?
1: Um, I hope so. Good. I, I, uh, I'm. I'm. Uh,
0: I'm sure people will be overjoyed to hear your voice.
1: And who knows, you might see me at the nationals, appearing for a uh, for a short period of time.
0: I'd be lovely if you can make it, and if you don't can't make it, it doesn't matter. We'll still love you anyway.
1: Thank you. Right. I'll go now.
0: Okay. I've been Mike. That's...
1: And I have still been Comrade. Bye
0: Bye bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email foolsdaily at outlook.com.